live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Not that there's any moral victories in this, but you even look at some of the, the power rankings and the fact that they have us where they have us after being, you know, having one victory at this point shows that, you know, there's something that we're doing out there that people are taking notice of and just not finishing um, to, the, to the best of our abilities. We know that we're close, and again, we've already said this, close doesn't count, you know, it doesn't matter. Just win, Dana. Here's your boy Q. We're... L- we're live, live at Buffalo Wild Wings, Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. We're here until 5 o'clock. Come on by, get hooked up. we got a ton of prizes here for you to, to take home with you. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to jump through hoops. Just come by and say what's up. We've been throwing it out there on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Also, the phone line when we don't have a guest at 702-365-9200. Looking for keys to victory. What do you think that the Raiders need to do on Sunday to come away with the victory and improve the two and four overall. I know sounding, saying the record, if they get a win, is not sexy, but it is what it is. Two and four will be what they are if they pick up the win. So what do they need to do? Join us now on the phone lines from VegasNation.com. On Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto is Cassie Soto. And Cassie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Let's start off with you. What do you think the Raiders need to do on Sunday? What are you looking for as far as keys to the game for them to get a victory? Not beat themselves, Q. I think that's where it absolutely has to start. I don't know how many times we've talked about it that this team just hasn't been able to put together four quarters of football. And we've seen glimpses of it. And, you know, we'll see a quarter or two where you're like, wow, like, you know, they're really putting them together here. Having, you know, uh, was 17-0 and up on the Chiefs, 20-0 and up on the Cardinals. And you're like, okay, like, this is the team. Everybody expected that they would be in the preseason. And then, bloop they go in Raider. Like, that can't happen anymore this season. Right. No, it really can't, right? And then, you know, everyone's talking about this part of the schedule is the, the, the get-right part where, okay, they can go on a nice run. But, Cassie, you can't go on a run if you don't win the first one. So, I mean, Houston mm-hmm. is a team that doesn't look like it's great, but they have a really good running back in Damian Pierce. How critical do you think it will be for them, the Raiders to emphasize stopping the run? Yeah, absolutely. We heard from um, – Oh, man. <laughs> Why did I just... Uh, Beanie Man. Why did I just blank on his... Oh, Denzel Perryman. Perryman. <laughs> oh, I was like, I just read a story about him, too. I don't know where my head was at. Denzel Perryman, excuse me. We spoke to him yesterday at his locker after practice, and he was just saying, like, here's, like, for a rookie, like, how violent he is and how just, like, comfortable he already looks so early into into his NFL career, like, he's, he's excited for the challenge. The, the, he used that word a couple of times, excited, um, to be able to, to get on the field and go up against that guy. So, yeah, that's going to be crucial for sure. Um, and, and I think uh, we spoke to Anthony Averett also, who will be coming back, who hopes to be coming back um, from injury, the cornerback there, um, and obviously with Nate Hobbs down. Averett, you know, was just speaking on the challenge to finally be able to get back on the field and, how kind of frustrating it's been for him to have to watch to the sidelines and now to get any opportunity that he can ha- he can get to help this team win, he's going to take full advantage of it on Sunday if, in fact, he is ready to go. Talking again with Cassie Soto here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Sticking with the defensive side of things, Max Crosby's been playing fantastic. Not only is he mm-hmm. getting to the quarterback, but he's stopping the run. Who else is going to help out Max, Cassie? That's what I'm looking for. Who else is going to step up? There's like 18 question marks after that question. <laughs> right, you're right. I mean, the easy answer has to be Chandler Jones, but it's just like at this point, like, okay, you know, maybe neck man, like, let's see who's next. You know, I think um, somebody that I'm, you know, once we get talking to these guys and 
Um, Hugh, I know you've been doing this for a long time, but this has been like my first real experience getting able to go in the locker room and, you know, to kind of just chat with these guys when they're, when they're sitting in their lockers after practice. Um, and myself and Heidi Fang got a one-on-one with uh, Amik Robertson the other day. And that's a guy that I'm like, I'm, I'm rooting for him as a person right. because this guy, you know, nobody, I don't think very many people had him making the roster at the beginning of the season. I think he's even said, you know, he wasn't sure exactly where he was going to be at. Um, after the, the last preseason game, he said, you know, hopefully I've done enough. And, and he's proving that, that he earned his role here. Um, he's had some pretty big games uh, at home for the, for the Raiders. So we'll yeah. see if he comes up with another big game on Sunday. Um, but he's just said in his third year now how just the game has kind of slowed down for him. And that's something that obviously comes with time and experience. And so if he's already being able to produce seven weeks into the season, obviously with the bye last week, if he's being able to produce already this much, I have a feeling that that Amik Robertson could be like a sneaky good uh, guy on the, on the defense for this team at the end of the season. Maybe we'll be talking about his name a little bit more. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned guys didn't think that he was going to be a uh, be on the roster. Cassie, I was one of them. You know, at, at that yeah. fourth preseason game, I was. When when they played the Patriots at, at Allegiant Stadium for that fourth preseason game, I said before I even got to the stadium, that was going to be Amik Robertson's last, last day in silver and black. I mean, and I have yeah. no problem putting it out there. But he went out there and he balled out in that game. And even though it's a preseason game, even though it's game four, you know, and all these other teams have three, he balled out and he earned his spot. And I feel like he's really been competing so far this year. He's come up with some big plays, like you mentioned, especially at Allegiant Stadium. He's a guy, man, I, I root for him as well. Like you said, the person, I root for him as well. He just seems like he's overcome a lot and he has all the confidence in the world. And, you know, just, again, those are the guys that you want to see succeed. And it's, like, so great talking to him, too, because he, like, he seems, he, for the longest time, I don't, and this is, like, really, like, nerding out here, for the longest time he had the Apocalypto, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Q, but Almost, the main, the main character, I think his nickname in the, in the movie was Almost, but he had that as his Twitter, like, Abby, for the Uh longest time, and we asked him about that, and we're like, you know, what's that about? He's like, oh, because it's like everybody doubted him, but he's got that warrior spirit and like he knew what he had to do to, you know, come back and like avenge himself and his family, basically. And that's like the mentality that he has. And, you know, being from Louisiana, just like, you know, the accent, like I know that's been joked about before. People are like, what did he say? You know, because he has a really thick southern accent, but he's just a really great guy to talk to. And again, like, I feel like those are the players, right? You want the Max Crosby's to succeed, right? People can be fans of Max and uh, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, obviously. But it's like the the guys that haven't necessarily become big names yet but are on the rise, those are who we're looking for. And those might be the guys that very well, like very much lead the Raiders to success throughout this season. Yeah, they need someone to step up, and Amik Robertson definitely could be one of those guys that we're talking about a lot more than we're even talking about him right now. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, Cassie, moving over to the offensive side. Now, you are one of the people, you're my go-to when it comes to who's at practice. Look out now. Look out, Cassie. Cassie the insider. Yeah, she's the insider. Everybody puts out their tweets, but I'm always looking for Cassie because Cassie, uh, she goes back and she says, I looked at the video. She's not I, just. You know, I go. I check the film. I gotta check the tape. <laughs> yeah, she checks the tape on who was out there at practice yesterday. No Hunter Renfro was Hunter yeah. Renfro out there today for at practice. 
So I wasn't at practice today, but I did check the tape from Heidi Fang, and sure enough, Hunter Renfro was on her tape. So yes, okay. Renfro was out there today. But you did tweet out that him and Mac Hollins are both listed at question, as questionable. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not asking you for your doctor analysis on if you think <laughs> that these guys will play, but if they're if both of those receivers are going to be out for the Raiders, who do you think is going to be the next man up? Oh, man. Well, first, I think it has to start, obviously. I don't know how much more Devontae Adams can get involved here, but Devontae Adams is going to have to get a whole heck of a lot more involved. Um, yeah. DJ Turner did return, um, and we spoke to him as well. Obviously a very young wide receiver, but he kind of was saying the same thing as Anthony Averett, being out and being on IR for so long. Like You could tell these guys are juiced to get back, and I feel like their return is coming at a – you know what, a really important part of the season, as you mentioned, like there's not really easy games, you know, but these are games, and especially against the Texans, this is a game that they should win. And now that they have, if they have guys that are fresh, that are full, um, DJ, I asked him what sort of percentage he's at, and he said, like, by Sunday, I'll be at 100%. So if these guys, you know, fresh legs, fresh body can come back and just help bring that extra juice, I have a feeling for the wide receivers, DJ Turner could be that guy. You know, and the, I'll take it a step further, Cassie. I know how you mentioned that I don't know what more Devontae Adams can do. Yeah. What, whatever it is, that's what they got him for, though, right? I mean, when, yeah. you're, when you're the superstar and if the chips are against you, that's why you're part of that. It's not just your production. It's also the, hey, get on my back, guys. I'll lead you to where we need to go, right? And yeah, so, sure. I mean, if they're down a couple guys, and I think Hunter's going to play, but if they are down a couple guys, then, okay, then Carter Adams needs to be that much better, right? I mean, yeah. it, 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 I mean that's just that's what, that's why you got superstars. No, for sure. And I think the one of the last times I was on here, too, too, I think we, were, we had mentioned, like, everybody's just waiting to see these bombs down the field. Carr to Adams, just boom, 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 you know, like constant, mm-hmm. just moving this ball, like just the quickest drives, right, like of the season. Like, that's what everybody expected. And I feel, right, with Hunter gone, with Darren gone, like this offense that was supposed to be so dynamic and so high-powered, like, where is it? Where, like, it just hasn't come together. We've seen it in bits and pieces, and um, it's been a lot of, you know, individual stats and individual talent. We haven't even mentioned Josh Jacobs, you know, in the run game. Like, who thought, like, the run game was going to be what it is with all of these, you know, wide receivers and, and tight end Darren Walt? Like, who thought that that was going to be um, the key talking points here? But, yeah, you're, like, Devontae Adams has to, he, at this point, he has to put this team on his back and, you see the frustration that he, he has after games and, um, you know, how quiet he is at his locker afterwards. And, you know, we kind of see him in the locker room and you're like, ooh, like what kind of mood is Devontae in? And <laughs> right. you can tell, like, he's a guy that doesn't like losing. Right. So if he can put this team on his back, like, absolutely, he's going to do that. Cassie, something that I wanted to ask you about, a couple of days ago you tweeted out the video of the Raiders. They had the boxing gloves on. Did you talk to any <laughs> other players on the defense after about how effective they think that trying to tackle and punch out the ball with the boxing gloves actually was? Yeah, so I was jokingly talking to Isaiah Palomala, uh, Palomala excuse me, Pal- Palomala? Help yeah. me out here, too. Palomala, yeah. Yeah. Palomala, yeah. excuse me. Um, and he's the one actually in the video, if you're the one you're talking about, I'm on. He's like shadow boxing, like right before they get to the drill. Um, and so I walked by his locker and I asked him, like, hey, like, saw you out there with the gloves. And he goes, oh, my gosh, that was so much fun. Like, we are switching it up this week. You know, so, like, that was pretty key, too, you know, just in that, like, oh, yeah, like, keeping it, like, practice exciting and keeping it fun for these guys. Because it could get tedious doing the same thing, like, you, you do a radio show for three hours every day on the podcast, you know, like right. I do my shows yep. and it's just like, man, like 
what else can I talk about? Like, I need something to get excited about. And it has to be the same thing for these players. Like, Mm -hmm. losing day, you know, week in and week out, like, that has to get old. So if they can keep them excited in practice, right? They always say, you, if you win practice, you're probably going to win the game. So right. obviously it was a little, you know, the comments on Twitter were all over the place of like, why are we boxing? We're not even good at football. Like, you know, like people, <laughs> I'm like, okay, guys, like, have you never seen the drill where the coaches have the boxing glove, like at the end of a stick? Like it's right. kind of the same thing, you know, but now you're getting the players involved. So from Isaiah's standpoint, he said it was fun and just, you know, just something exciting and new in practice this week. Let me ask you this, and again, we're talking with Cassie Soto here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How do you expect through the last 12 weeks of the season, how do you expect to see, or, or what do you expect to see from head coach Josh McDaniels? Like, how do you think he evolves as a head coach? <sighs> That's a great question. I, I mean, I think, like, I don't know, actually. You're from the spot here, Q. I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like, He's definitely taken, like, a different approach, and he's obviously said it from Denver, right, even when they played um, Denver the first time. He was like, I'm a different person than I am now. And, um, I don't know. I just think, like, he seems like a kind of coach that could be reflective. Like, he'll go back and, like, self-scout himself. Right. And I think that's where you have to be, and especially now at 1-4 and four and 12 games, like, early by, like, it's, it's all uphill from here. So I think it's just, yeah, maybe just a lot of self-scouting that he has to do. And uh, and speaking with the players, Devontae Adams has obviously held a all-players, or all-captains meeting. He went and spoke to the coaches himself. So I think being able to listen to your players, because they, they know how to win. There's a lot of players on this team that know how to win in this league. Right. And so I feel like at this point it's not like a boss and employer. It's like two colleagues relationship right right so i think they had, you absolutely have to take that into account if you're josh mcdaniel you know and, and the other thing i you know kind of took that from is the fact that i don't think early in the season they realized how good of a running team they could be and i think they've realized yeah. how good of a running team they can be so i think that that's going to continue to evolve right and then everything kind of mm-hmm. comes off of that run heavy you know the, the, that base that they have and then everything evolves from that and so I think that the way he calls games is going to evolve and you saw him get yeah. a little aggressive at the end of that Kansas City game where he went for two and some people love it some people don't like it I wasn't a big mm-hmm. fan of going for two but whatever you know it is what it is I mean he's the boss he's going to do what he does but I just yeah. think that it just you know as a coach you just continue to develop just like I mean and evolve like like we do as people just okay you yeah. take those learning experiences from early and then you 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 process them and use them later on and it could lead to lead to some you know some good success so yeah. i don't know i just it, it's like a weird thing to try to describe but it just feels like that he has an opportunity to continue to grow with this team yeah i think what's good about him too and you know i don't know like um if he's just putting it on for us or whatever but i feel like every week like he's genuinely excited to like walk up to that podium and be like all right like mm-hmm. yeah you know that last week's behind us but like this is a new week you know like he like i see him smiling all the time like even walking around at practice um, when he's, you know, greeting the players, when they're stretching and stuff. Like, he always has a genuine smile on his face. I know some people are like, ah, whatever, smile. You know, whatever. You can read into that however you want. But I just feel like if your head coach is mad and pissed off every day, then the players are going to feed off of that. But if you can see the coach is excited and is ready day in and day out, like, the players are going to feed off of that even more and have that same sort of attitude. All right, Cassie, last thing I want to ask you about is the <laughs> Redeem team. 
You know, it used to be the B team. Now it's the Redeem team. How easy was trivia night for the Las Vegas Review Journal Redeem team? Oh, uh, it was not easy. It was a full team effort. I'll tell you what, and uh, we earned that 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 the second championship for sure. And oh man, I don't know if you saw the sellies afterwards, but we were pumped to win that trivia trivia belt. I've never seen Adam Hill so excited. <laughs> Jumping up and down. Oh man, he was he was having a good time. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. We like Adam. We like a happy Adam Hill having a good time. We that's, do. We that's, do. That's always a lot of fun. Well, Cassie, what do you got coming out that uh, we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, so I'm actually working on it. So I can join you to you. We're working on our Vegas Nation game day show that'll air at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, bright Ooh. and early for you yeah. guys. Some some weekend content. Um, we'll obviously have the latest injury reports, um, and myself, Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, Adam Hill, Sam Gordon, Ed Graney, the whole RJ crew. Um, piecing it all together, giving you a preview of the Raiders-Texans um, matchup. And real quick, too, I had a question for you. Okay. Um, the other day, y'all were talking about pet peeves, right? Yes. What was the, what was the, the start of the pet peeve conversation? Because I think it came in on the back end of it. I had okay. to know. It started because we were listening to sounds from uh, Josh McDaniels from his presser from Wednesday, I believe. Okay. And uh, he had... He did this with it. You know, okay, I can imagine you probably hear this all the time as well. But when people smack, you know, when they're talking, and all of a sudden it'd be yeah. like, you'll hear that, that thing. So <laughs> I said something about that, and I was like, honestly, that's one of my big pet peeves. And when I, when I hear that, I cut it out of audio that's recorded. And then all of a sudden it just started a wildfire of what other people's pet peeves are. And then I started talking about how I don't use pens without a cap on them. And that really that got it. That was I heard it. I was like, oh, did you really just go in on this poor, like, HR lady or whoever this no. was about pens? <laughs> no, I didn't. This no, poor see, I didn't. woman. <laughs> I didn't go in on her. It was, okay, look, this is what happened. I, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I heard what I heard. I heard <laughs> what I heard. <laughs> see, but you, you know how it is, man. People hear what they want to hear. I did not go <laughs> in on her. All I did is go to the supply closet. And I looked for a pen, and the only one they had was a blue pen. And normally, I use black pens. And so I said, uh, okay, a blue pen, cool. And she heard that, and she went to the other lady uh, that, that is in our business office and was like, oh, Q doesn't like the pens, and so can we order him a black pen? So then the office lady, uh, she actually called me into her office so I can get a pen <laughs> like I like, which was totally unnecessary, but it really started the whole conversation. So, yeah, there's Oh, that. man, so you're a pen diva. Got it. Well, oh, Cassie, my my list of my issues are are massive. I have so I mean the pet peeve thing that was actually that conversation turned into what Demond about twenty five minutes. Yes, it did. The entire yeah. first segment of the third hour was about yeah. your pet peeves. No, it was yeah, about everyone. That's why I caught it. But you know, the one that I could relate with was I think somebody has said that, or I think it was you, Q, that your your um, daughter, your stepdaughter, is left handed, and yes. I'm left handed, and so Esther's fiance is right handed. So like the way I put the knives away, the yep. way I do certain things, it's like makes sense to me, but it doesn't the other way. So I get that. Yeah, see, I don't like when she hangs up the laundry and she hangs it up backwards because she's a lefty, and it's not own laundry. It's not. <laughs> Pay her bills. <laughs> I'm paying her bills. She can do something to earn that check. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, I've overstayed my welcome, I'm sure. I'll leave you alone. No, there's Cassie, I have such a laundry list. I was talking about chapstick. I'll, I'll stop at the store and I'll buy chapstick if I, uh, if I leave mine at home. I mean, there's so many of them. It's, the list goes on. I, I realized after that conversation, I got some real deal deep issues. 
I really do. That is hilarious. That is so good. Well, yeah, I just had to bring that up because I knew I had heard it the other day. I needed some clarification. Thank you. Yeah. Enrique, the intern, he's also chiming in. He says you also only wear Nike. He says that you only wear Nike. I do. So, I mean, he's- even Enrique's got something to, you know, your pippies are going longer and longer by the day. But what's wrong with that? I mean, it's not like Nike is some off-breed brand. I mean, Nike is the best of the best. Hey, man, Enrique, that, well, that's Enrique. He, he's in the studio right now, and I he know. also wanted to chime in the conversation. Look, let me tell you about Enrique, man. Enrique is our intern, but he is, I mean, this dude, if you went and you checked his little black book, I guarantee he's got every woman's <laughs> number in the, in the school that he goes to. He is the ladies' man times a thousand, man. I'm telling you, Enrique, he's like a, a cold assassin, man. He might sit back and be real quiet, but he's just stacking. He's stacking everything. He's, he's, he's monitoring the whole situation. He knows what's up. He knows That's something on everybody. Hilarious. I offered him. I said, do you want to defend yourself? He said, I'm good. See, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cassie, Cassie, before we. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, I know you have a caller sometimes, Jacob from Fresno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's your yeah, family, so he, right? Yeah, he's family. And him and his wife just welcomed a little baby. Nice. A new uh, baby in Raider Nation, Ramon James, I'm being told right now. So quick nice. shout out to Jacob Jacob and Fresno and his fam. And then a quick shout out to the 805 and my uh, uncle Fernando because he's always listening and he he's obsessed with you guys. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, <laughs> shout out to the uncle. Shout out to uh, everyone, man. And congratulations on the baby. That's awesome. That's that's really, really cool. And I would say while Jacob's there in Fresno to go on and buy, go by there and pay my child support, but I'm done with that, so I'm good. So he didn't have to do that either. So we're there good. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but Cassie, before we let you go, though, we did get a text from Vegas Pete, and he said, Q, you need to let Cassie co-host. You and her and DeMond have chemistry, and she's funny. So I thought I'd let, let, you, uh, let you go on that note. We would get no work done. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get the work done. We're gonna get the work done, but it'll be it'll be a funny show. There you go. There you go. I appreciate it. There you go. Well, Cassie, thanks so much. Appreciate you. Keep up the good work. We'll see you Sunday in the press box. Thanks. I'll bring my blue pen. <laughs> oh, see, see how you are, Demond. See what you started. There goes Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto does a fantastic job. She's a uh, very good at what she does. We definitely appreciate her chiming in uh, each and every week like she does. 3.23 is the time. See what happened, Damon? You start talking about pet peeves, and all of a sudden we go all this extra time. But uh, it, it's all good. I'm not mad at that. You brought up Hunter Renfro with, with Cassie, right? Well, he was at practice today, and, well, he talked to the media in the locker room following practice. We'll hear that next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're here live at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. We're here till 5 o'clock. We've got a lot of prizes for you, a lot courtesy of Coors Light, even including a onesie. We have T-shirts. We have glasses. We have cups and koozies, hats, plenty of hats. we got hats on hats on hats. We've got everything. All you need to do is come on by and get hooked up. Coming up in just a matter of seconds, a matter of minutes, as a matter of fact, J.P. Finley from 106.7 The Fan in D.C. He's going to join the show uh, to talk about Daniel Snyder and everything going on there with that commander team and uh, all the issues that came up the other day when Jim Irsay, the, the owner of the Colts, came out and said that they need to start to remove him. We were talking to J.P. La- uh, a couple days ago, and he had to go because Roger Goodell started talking. So we'll join J.P. at about 3.30 exactly. Uh, that's coming up. But wanted to go over the injury report real quick. DeMond was talking to... Cassie about Hunter Renfro, who did not participate yesterday because of a hip injury. He was limited in practice today. He's questionable for Sunday. Darren Waller has been ruled out dealing with that hamstring injury. He is officially out, no doubt about it. Foster Morrow dealing with the knee injury. 
practice fully on Friday, so he looks like he's good to go for Sunday. Mac Hollins dealing with the heel injury. He's questionable. Jayon Brown dealing with the hamstring. He is questionable. Dylan Parham did not participate in practice today because of an illness. That's something to monitor. I think he'll be okay, but definitely something to monitor because he's one of their guys that they definitely need him out there. He's playing multiple positions, so pay attention to Dylan Parham. Chandler Jones had a rest day, so he didn't participate. He'll be good to go on uh, Sunday. And Jermaine Illuminor dealing with the elbow injury. Wasn't listed on Wednesday or Thursday. Practice in full today, so he's uh, going to be questionable. No, he should, he should be a good go. Good to go on a Sunday. Again, the only guy that's questionable, Jayon Brown, Mac Hollins, and also Hunter Renfro. Definitely expect Renfro to play, but again, as I said right now, he's, uh, he's questionable. And right now, joining us on the phone lines from 106.7 The Fan in D.C. and NBCS Washington is our good friend J.P. Finley. And J.P., thanks so much for joining the show. And uh, we're just going to pick up where we pick, where we left off uh, earlier this week talking to you. We were talking about Daniel Snyder and all the situations going on there with him and Jim Irsay of the Colts that came out and said that he needed to be removed. Since that came out a couple days ago, what has been kind of the feedback from uh, the Commander fans out there in D.C.? Oh, dude, fans are desperate for this to happen. I don't know if it will, but absolutely, Commanders fans want Dan gone. It's, it's, it's not a debate at all. Uh, forgive me if it's a little loud. I'm actually at the Wizards home opener tonight against the Bulls. But, um, yeah, Commander fans, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of winning under Dan Snyder's ownership, and there's been a ton of embarrassment for years. So they very much hope that uh, – this actually comes to fruition. I don't know that it will, right. but it feels like the seat has never been hotter. So I wanted to ask you about all the investigations going on because I feel like the investigations going on in D.C. directly relate to former Raider head coach John Gruden as well as the lawsuit he has against the NFL. Uh, what are we expecting or what are you expecting to hear from these uh, investigations that are going on involving the commanders? Well, it's interesting, right, because – the investigations into the commanders are about Dan Snyder's behavior, but right. a part of those are in the discovery phase are, are acquiring all of these emails. And like you mentioned, those it was that pile of emails that got John Gruden fired. Um, and, and there's a theory out there that, you know, Snyder has all this dirt on other owners. And then if they come too hard after him, that the dirt will then come out about other owners. And, you know, it's all allegations, and, and Dan responded and said he's never acquired, you know, gone after private investigators or any of that. But, you know, if you consider Roger Goodell and the league came out and said they were not the leak on those emails, and the commanders and Dan said the same thing, but it was one or the other. Like, right, yeah. And, and who is best served trying to besmirch Bruce Allen that, that used to work for him and I believe has a lawsuit? So it, it's kind of just like logical reasoning that doesn't mean it's necessarily the case but it's certainly a logical thought process yeah it really feels like you can connect the dots pretty easily again we're talking with jp finley from 106.7 the fan in dc here on radio nation radio 920 my man demon's got one for you taking it back to wednesday when you had to leave us because roger goodell was speaking what has roger goodell had to say about these matters he is steadfast saying that nobody should comment on this until the investigation Mm. Um, if I had to guess the resolution for this, if there is one, will come at the, the league meetings in March. Because if, 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 if Goodell has his way, he doesn't want this to interfere with the season while there's you know real games going on and then eventually the playoffs. He'd prefer this to be an off-season matter. But 
There's also there's multiple investigations going. The NFL summoned an investigation from uh, a woman named Mary Jo White, who's a former federal prosecutor, incredibly, you know, well-polished resume. Um, They're investigating recent, well, new claims against Dan that are are allegations of an incident, you know, over a decade ago um, by a former employee that says she was directly harassed by the owner. That's what she's investigating. There's, the city, D.C. has an investigation pending. The state of Maryland has an investigation. Virginia has an investigation. The Federal Trade Commission has an investigation. So the NFL is, is trying to just make this about their investigation. And whenever that comes out, but there are going to be a number of other things that will come out that they won't be able to control. When it comes to Roger Goodell, you hear so often that, hey, the, he works for the owners. So when it's said, like, hey, why doesn't he just kick Daniel Snyder out of the league? He doesn't have that authority. And since he does work for the owners, one of those owners would be Daniel Snyder. So who's advocating on Daniel Snyder besides Daniel Snyder? <laughs> that is a uh, probably $7 billion question, man. Um, because if they're going to truly vote him out, you're going to need two-thirds of the league, 24 voters out of 32 teams, but Dan's not going to vote himself out, so that makes it 31, and I don't know how it would work for the Packers, who are, like, publicly owned. Right. So I don't know if they have one single voting entity. I know they do for league matters. I know they do for, like, the competition committee, stuff like that, but I don't know about this. Um, so that, that creates another interesting kind of how many votes are we talking about. Dan's biggest advocate for a long time has been Jerry Jones. There are questions how tight that relationship still is. Um, I don't think it was an accident that the command, really Dan's only public appearance in the last, at least this season, was a couple weeks ago when the commanders went down to Dallas and they took a picture with Jerry at midfield and the commanders social media, Twitter, Instagram, everything posted that picture and said friends and rivals. I don't think that was an accident at all. Um, Jerry's obviously really powerful, but there's plenty of reports that Jerry's tired of this stuff too. And, you know, that the report about Dan and Jerry not being as close came out. And then a couple of days later, there was an alleg- there was a, a new allegation against Jerry mm-hmm. and sexual harassment. So who the, who the heck knows, man? Yeah, it's, it's something, man. It really is. It's really interesting, and I'm sure those league meetings, like you mentioned in March, are going to be uh, even crazier. Again, J.P. Finley is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, it's so funny, J.P. I really wanted to have you on to talk about the trade deadline and see if any players were on their way out of D.C., <laughs> and then everything else happened. So let me, let me ask you about that. I know William Jackson is a little disgruntled. Do you see him and anyone else getting moved anytime soon before that November 1st deadline? Yeah, I mean, maybe Jackson, but I don't know what anybody's going to offer for him. He's right. been, he has underperformed in Washington. Um, certainly Jackson, I, I would think they got two games before the deadline, right? Mm-hmm. And, and to me, if they win both of those, they're back at 500 and, and competing for you know the seventh seed in the NFC, which is kind of wide open. Because the right. NFC hasn't been that impressive thus far. Um, you know, I think the NFC East has three really good teams, but the Bucks are in first place in the NFC South with a three and three record. Like it's kind of all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So, if they can win a couple in a row, all of a sudden, maybe I doubt they'd be looking to sell. William Jackson is kind of its own entity because he's disgruntled and not playing, and blah blah blah. But if they lose these next two and they're two and six, or if they if they go one and one and they're three and five, they're wrong is a player that would have a lot of value for a contending team. He's a really good D-tackle. And 
this team at some point has to accept that they need to rebuild and that they traded away picks to acquire Carson Wentz with what looks to be a failed acquisition. So that would be a player I'd at least – I've reported that they had some talks around the draft, some talks around free agency about a paying trade. Um, They're they're not going to pay him. They just paid John Allen. You're not going to pay two D tackles 18 mil a season. So that's the one to kind of keep an eye on, but it'll – it's too early to know because they got two games before them. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense, and that's what these teams got to figure out. You know, I guess, uh, JP, the big thing is that nobody has really separated themselves in the NFL, right? And so it's a, it's one of those big kind of whatever's going to happen type situations. So uh, as far as the head coach, man, Ron Rivera, I've always kind of uh, really respected him, especially from a distance. But uh, what have you seen from him? He's had to deal with a lot, including the conversation with around Carson Wentz and everything. How's everything gone so far with, uh, with, with Ron Rivera there? Tough. He's having a tough season, tough start to the year. But, I mean, he's started tough every year he's been in Washington. I mean, the mm-hmm. team's been at least 2-5, and five, both of the previous two seasons. Um, the difference here is he made a big production out of how much he wanted Carson Wentz. Now there's been a report that Dan Snyder actually wanted Carson Wentz. And worse than all that, Carson Wentz is underperformed. In three of the last four games, he's thrown for 150 yards or less. Like, it's just right. not going to get it done. And um, now he's hurt. I think he's going to miss some time, although weirdly they haven't put him on IR yet. Um, so Ron's taking on some heat now. What's good for him, I suppose, is I, I don't know that Dan, should Dan last, is in a position to fire Ron, who's this really widely respected NFL veteran, yeah. and not to mention pay off the salary and everything. So... I don't know, man. It, it's it's a ways away from knowing kind of if there's an end point, but at least they – I mean, they almost lost to the Bears last Thursday. Kind of – Darnell Mooney makes a catch at the goal line. Right. You know, they're one in five, and then everything is really, really tough. Right. No, you're right. It's, it's going to be interesting, man. And since you said you're at the uh, Wizards game, uh, what are your expectations for the season for the Wizards? What, what should we expect from them? I am oh, I, me and uh, B Mitch that I do my radio show with. We have, we're we're on over thirty five and a half wins. Okay, I think they are competing for a bottom end playoff spot. Um, a lot of it is going to depend on health. Um, you need Porzingis to stay healthy, which is not something he's always done. But I, they added a veteran point guard, which I think will help them a lot. I think they're a little bit better than people expect. There you go. Well, the season is right around the corner, or it's going on right now, actually. Uh, like you said, you're at the, uh, the the opener right there, the home opener for the Wizards. Before we let you go, DeMond had one more for you. Go ahead, DeMond. All right, JP, I saw a tweet from you earlier, and Uh-oh. it really piqued my interest. Uh-oh. You know, we see that Carson Uh-oh. Wentz is out. So, if the other two quarterbacks for the Commanders go down, is Armani Rodgers, could he, the former UNLV quarterback, could he have a shot to it. maybe go into, go into center? I, I don't see who else it could be. I mean, ah. they're going to dress Heineke and Howell, and I think Rodgers would be the emergency quarterback. I, I mean, I haven't confirmed that. I haven't reached out. I, I probably will here in the next day or so. But he's a quarterback. You need to. I mean, normally the emergency quarterback would be Logan Thomas, who was ahead of Rodgers on the tight end depth chart because Thomas was a tight end in college at Virginia Tech. But he's hurt. He's not playing. So I think it's Rodgers by default. 
There you go. DeMond always finds a way to throw UNLV into the mix, so there you go. So, the Rebel. Yeah, there he is. DeMond's got to get his Rebel uh, his rebel love in. Well, JP, thanks well, so much. Can I ask DeMond a question then? Yeah, go for it. I, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's like this meme floating around on Twitter, which is the, the Larry Johnson UNLV team that were obviously a freight train. If they played the Fab Five from Michigan, who would win? Oh, UNLV, without a doubt. <laughs> got it. You know what's funny, JP, is that I was talking about that earlier today at the Raider facility with Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, who's a UNLV guy as well. And I couldn't I heard them talking about it on ESPN, but I couldn't find what was floating around Twitter. Like he said they said it was on Twitter, but I couldn't find it. So it's funny that you brought that up. Who do you pick in that? Because uh, I, I got the Rebels too. I mean, I remember that Fab Five team a lot more than I remember that UNLV team. It's just a it's just a couple years that I was like Probably, you know, eight years old versus right. like 10 or 11. So I just remember one more. I, you know, people forget how, how good LJ was. I think mm-hmm. Tark would be the better coach in those two games. Um, but I do kind of think Weber, Howard, Rose. I mean, there was some serious talent on those Fab Five teams. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get beat up next time I come to Vegas. So <laughs> I, I'll take the right up. No. I, you're, I, got, you're... I, I got one. One more for you. Okay. You know that uh, Commander's offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, is a proud running rebel. There you go. Did you know that, Damon? I did not. Now I got a reason to root for the Commanders a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Dude, and he has actually, actually talked about Rodgers and the UNLV connection. You guys got to get on that. See, DeMond, do your homework. You got to do your research on that one. I'll say, going back to the Fab Five and uh, UNLV, uh, Han on Barton Han brought it up today, and he said he thought UNLV would win because those were some, in his words, grown-ass men that were out there going up against the Fab Five. <laughs> I, I did hear that. That was, like, that was one argument, and somebody said not only were UNLV starters grown-ass men, but they had four six foot eight thirty 30-year-olds on the bench. So if that's true, <laughs> that, that's, that's tough to deal with. Exactly. Exactly. That's great stuff. That's a great way to drop the mic right there. JP, thanks so much for your time, my man. Enjoy the game. And like I said, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, there he goes. JP Finley right there, 1067 The Fan in DC, NBCS Washington as well, covering the Commanders, covering the Wizards. And who knew we would break into a, a, a conversation about UNLV and the Fab Five? And it's so funny. Uh, Damon, when when uh, I was at the facility earlier today, I was listening on my way in. I was listening to ESPN, and I heard Barton Hahn talking about UNLV versus the Fab Five. So as soon as I saw Paul, I said, Paul, were you listening to ESPN? Like, we started that conversation, and he said, yeah, I heard it. So they were going back and forth, and we're trying to find it on Twitter, and we couldn't find it. Like, we, we knew it was floating around Twitter somewhere, but we couldn't find it. So I'm texting you know, the producer of Barton Hahn, I was like, where is it at? So, we, you know, I'm, I'm like really trying to get involved in everything. Like, it was so important, but I had the Fab Five. I mean, I had, uh, excuse me, I had uh, the Running Rebels as well going up against the uh, the Fab Five. I had them beating them just because they were grown. Plus, man, they, that was such a good team, man. Those teams, those Running Rebel teams were outstanding. And, and I've always been one of those guys, and you know it. You've heard me say it before. What has Chris Webber ever won? Nothing. So, so Not a to, dang thing. That's all I got to say. But with that UNLV team, still a phrase from you, they got a little something in their neck. Ah, that, that's the ultimate. Yes. They got a little something in their neck team right there. Yeah, yeah. And, look, I don't want to take anything away from, uh, you know, the Fab Five because they were playing at Michigan, and, you know, that ain't that ain't no punks, right? They, I mean, they're they're not afraid. They're, they're playing with the streetlight on as well, right? I mean, uh, obviously, Bart Scott, who's got the, the Michigan-Detroit ties, he was definitely uh, picking the Fab Five. But, but Han, he said, man, 
There's one reason why UNLV would win, and it's such an easy one. Those were some grown-ass men on that court playing for the running Rebels. So uh, I had to co-sign with that as well. 344 is the time. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. When we come back, Hunter Renfro, he was in the Raiders locker room. He returned to practice today. You'll hear from him coming up next on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Oh, we're back. I'm just chilling, man. I'm just chilling. I'm hanging out. Got Raider Nation rolling into Buffalo Wild Wings, man. We're at the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle, getting ready for the weekend. I think Jim Plunkett just walked in, man. I'm telling you, Raider Nation is rolling in. You know, everyone's coming into town, getting ready. Folks that are already in town that live here, they're coming by as well. This is the spot, man. I got uh, I got Angel and Brian here, and we're running out of prizes, man. I got to get them to restock. That's how much stuff we got. Come on by, get hooked up. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we've got some controversy. Vegas Jess, and this is a story that won't ever die either. Vegas Jess called into the show yesterday and said in our controversial football game that we had last Friday night where I got injured that uh, he caught the ball. I refuse to believe that he caught the ball, even though he said he did. So I asked the wife if she had... If, if he caught the ball. Like me and the wife were talking about this last night. I said, did you see him catch the ball and you didn't tell me? And she said, no, I wasn't paying attention to that. I was paying attention to you laying on the ground. I said, well, Jess said that he looked at the film and said he caught the ball. I still don't believe that because, look, even if you're down, and this is just me, and maybe I'm just a bad friend. If, if DeMond, if me and you are competing and you fall down and hurt yourself and I still win, I'm going to tell you that I won. Like, if I caught the ball, I'd say, yeah, I caught the ball. And you got hurt. That's on you, right? I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Now, Jess said he was being a nice friend. So I asked the wife about it, and she went back, and she said, oh, I have the video. So she went and looked at it. So I went and looked at it with her. And I, I don't want to influence on what happened. I don't, want, I, don't want anyone, I don't want to put it in their head what I believe happened on the play. At 4 o'clock, we're going to actually play the video, not the, the, the actual video where you can see it because we're on the radio. But you're going to hear it. You're going to listen to the audio. And you tell me what you think happens in this, in this, uh, in this scenario. It's only about 13 seconds. Isn't that how long it lasts, Damon? about 13 seconds? I've got 10 here. Okay, 10 seconds. Same thing. You, uh, you put it in the system so you know. 10 seconds. You're going to hear the 10-second audio, and we'll discuss it. We'll do that coming up at 4 o'clock. Again, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings in the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. One guy that... You know, wasn't at practice on Thursday was Hunter Renfro. He has a hip injury, and so that was concerning. To me, I thought, okay, as we're talking about the keys to victory, what is it going to take for the Raiders to win on Sunday? It would be having a healthy Hunter Renfro out there who has not been a big factor in the Raiders' offense yet so far this season. He did return to practice today, which is a good thing. Now, he's questionable on the official injury report for Sunday, so we'll see if he's actually out there. But him being back at practice today was a good thing. Well, following practice, Vinny Bonsignor and others caught up with them in the Raiders' locker room. Here's that conversation. Yeah, what happened with yesterday? Was it just kind of a surprising little hit thing or something? Yeah, just something that happened Wednesday. And, uh, but, you know, just wanted to rest it a little bit, but it was good. Were you like, oh, oh my gosh, here we go again at all? Or no, just not, at all. not at all. Uh, I mean, they always err on the side of, you know, holding back, getting good for Sunday and that sort of thing. And, you know, training staff's been really good. So, um, yeah. Excited. How was it getting back on the field against the Chiefs after a couple weeks yeah. off? And oh, it felt great. Yeah, I mean, the result wasn't what we wanted. Um, 
you know, they're a really good team and they limited us. You know, we came out hot and we, uh, you know, did some things early well, but we just had to continue to, uh, you know, do those things down the stretch. And, um, so it was it was fun to get back out there. I know this is a new offense that everybody's learning. Missing two games was that kind of a setback in your progress in the offense? Maybe a little bit, um, but you know I'm still here learning. I'm still here watching. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be out there physically to be able to take mental reps, and so uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think it definitely hinders you when you're not out there, but um, it's not all the worst thing ever. How does that hinder things then, Hunter? I asked Josh about this earlier today, and uh, obviously injuries are going to happen. Yeah. But when you're not out there. Yeah, and Darren's not out there, and you guys are such important part of this offense. How, how tough does it make it to gel in a new system? Yeah, I mean, it can be tough, or it can be a good thing. You know, it can give guys the ability to develop and build the depth of your team, and I think that's something that, you know, everybody in here has bought into team first, and, um, you know, because injuries do happen, and it doesn't matter if it's now or later in the season. Um, you know, things happen, and injuries happen. So um, I think if we use it as a good thing, it'll go well for a sound stretch. And Josh also referenced that it's not like Derek doesn't have time with you and Darren, but, yeah. but in this new system, does that make it different, take it up to a different level? Maybe a little bit. You know, I mean, when, when Coach Gruden came in with his new with his offense and, you know, Derek, we were working through it, it took a little bit of time. And I think, you know, same thing with that. This is week, what, seven now? Mm-hmm. Is our, I guess our sixth game. Six game. And so the beauty about the NFL season is very long, you know. Um, it's not like college where – you know, they have four or five games left. Um, we have time, and, you know, we can uh, hopefully go on a little run. So there he is, Hunter Renfro in the Raiders locker room following practice. And, uh, you know, he sounds pretty good. You know, says the hip injury was something that happened on Wednesday and wanted to be very careful. So there's that. It would be great to have a good, healthy Hunter Renfro out there at, or at, uh, in the game on Sunday for the Raiders to get this victory. Now, again, I don't believe, even if he's not out there, I don't think that that should be an excuse on why they don't win. But you just want them to be out there. I want to see them out there with this offensive unit just so they can start to gel, just so they can start to get together. You can't, you can't help injuries, but Waller hasn't been available because he's injured. He's out. Renfro's missed a couple games already because he's, you know, he's had the concussion situation. You just want these guys to have an opportunity to gel. So if he's able to play, that'd be a good thing. Again, I, I think the biggest key to the game for the Raiders, especially offensively, is just a healthy dose of Josh Jacobs. Run the rock, run the rock, and run the rock some more. So uh, we'll get into some more keys to the game. You can hit us up at 69187, keyword r You can also call us at 702-365-9200. We don't have another guest until 430, and that's Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. So our, our phone lines are wide open like some old school TV antennas. I know my guy Vegas Jess just hit me and said he's driving to Cali, so he might not be able to hear this conversation. Said the TuneIn app is cutting in and out. Well, you need to be on the Raiders mobile app anyway. You know you can always be on the Raiders mobile app and just click on radio, and you can listen to us, and it won't, click, it won't go in and out. But that's just Vegas Jess making an excuse as all of a sudden he didn't know I was going to go back and review the film and get some, uh, get some more evidence of what happened last Friday night as we had a little football game going on in front of my house. So uh, when we come back, again, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings at the Galleria Mall, 617 Mall Ring Circle. Come on by, get hooked up. we got plenty of prizes for you. But when we come back, not only are we going to take your calls and texts, you're going to hear the audio of what happened, the play that happened where I went down. Man down, man down. Q went down. Down goes Frazier. Yeah. You're going to hear the audio of that. You're going to hear the people in observance of that that are laughing or maybe even possibly screaming, yelling for medics. That's all coming up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.